everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club. I'm Lisa. And I'm Jess. You're bouncing. <laughs> I am. I've got a medicine ball for my old yeah. back and I'm very we're, excited about it. <laughs> we're full of ailments. We both, yeah. we both, I mean, probably got the COVID. You we definitely COVID. did. Yeah. I've been <laughs> coughing. Like I haven't had a cough like this in years, like years and years. Um, but, you know, overall, I wasn't bedridden or anything, so it could be yeah. worse. But this cough is like a hanger on. And I like bruised my solar plexus from coughing so much. And so now like every time I cough, it's just utterly painful because I like pulled a muscle. And then I was on Google and it's just like, don't Google because it's don't like you can get a hematoma, I guess. And yes. Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. I totally have that because I'm a hypochondriac. But anyway. You, you also have cancer. Like, anytime I Google <laughs> right. anything, I have cancer. And I'm like, oh, right. my gosh. You know. But, yeah. I didn't have it that bad. I just had a terrible headache. And we might discover on this podcast, my brain is, like, not functioning at all. <laughs> but well, that that'll be fun. That'll be the normal for me. So, you know. We'll see if anybody notices that I'm especially spacey, um, but we're alive and I'm so happy for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been a weird couple of weeks because like I went on vacation and obviously got, got the COVID. COVID, even though I was masking still at the airport and everything. It's but, everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess our time was up. You know, we had a good run of escaping. Right. <laughs> I know, I was kind of sad. I'm like, I lost my gold star. Like, I was one of the only people that I knew that still hadn't gotten it. So, yeah. I don't know. And I could still pretend that I didn't get it because I never actually tested positive. Oh, there you go. Yeah, my me husband neither. definitely had it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. What Here we are. Been? Got lots yeah. of time to read books when I could stay awake. So, that's No, I'm like, I feel like behind because we haven't recorded in so long, but then I'm like ahead because I'm ahead on the reading. And so yeah. it's a weird headspace. I'm like, okay, we got to start recording because I'm starting gonna, to lose track of. We're going to forget everything for our episode that's about forgetting it the first time we read it. Well, so. this, this <laughs> one. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's, you know, par for the course because yeah. So the, the theme for this week is I know we've met, but I hardly remember you. And it's uh, talking about books that we know we read, we know we liked, but we yeah. don't remember shit about them. And so, <laughs> so we picked a book that we don't remember to assign to the other person. And normally we try to read both of the books or, you know, the one that we give to the other is fresh in our mind. Um, norm, I usually reread them because my memory is shit. So this time we decided it would be fun to not read the book that we forgot and assigned yeah. to the other person <laughs> and see great. what we can remember. Um, so Jessica, what was your book for me? Um, what was it? I didn't write <laughs> it down. It's like the right. Graveyard Queen. Yes. Yeah, so yes, exactly. So it's the first Amanda book Stevens? in the great. Yeah, you got it. Yes. You got it. The book one of the Graveyard Queen series, which is called The Restorer, uh, written by Amanda Stevens, and it was released back in September of 2016. It's a seven book series. So this is book one. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to put you on the spot for you having not remembered this book at all. To what give is it about? Synopsis. Let's see. Honestly, 2016, I thought it was older than that. I feel like we read a long time ago, but you know, time has no meaning. Um, but 
Okay, what was this book about? She's a grave. She, so she does something in graveyards. Like, can she raise the dead? She can do something with like people that have died because she spends a lot of time in graveyards. And that's where she meets detectives and she has lots of detective friends. And then she comes across some guy that's a detective named like Declan or Devlin, something like that. But the thing I mo- really the only thing I remember about this book is that it was in New Orleans. <laughs> and that it's where I learned that they paint. The front patios, they like to paint the ceilings blue because it keeps away like bad spirits or something. And I thought that mm-hmm. was so cool. And that was my big takeaway from this book that I still remember. And I thought the detective guy was hot. And then there is some like like seedy underbelly of New Orleans elements that I liked. But I'm really getting confused because I, when I kept thinking about this book, I'm like, okay, we're in New Orleans. But then I kept thinking of this like yellow house in the country and some like hike to the death so i don't know if that's the same series and that's hike the, like, to the death yeah like they're hiking okay. they're hiking in wilderness and like people are dying but it might have been a different book or it might be the end of the series yeah i think i don't really remember that but that definitely doesn't happen in this book but okay. you might be on to something because i do remember a book remember later on in the series she like goes to this mysterious mansion that's somewhere else. And there's like a woman and there there's like that weird things stuff. that are going on. Yeah, because there's some sort of like secretive element about her past that yes. Yes. isn't okay. really discussed in the first book, but it's kind of nodded to. So you okay. know that there's like more to so unfold. So it is the same series. I wasn't losing my mind because I'm like, maybe. I mean, I, can't, I can neither confirm nor deny okay. that particular part i do remember sexy detective whose name starts with a d mm-hmm. new orleans and mm-hmm. the pretty patios okay and that's what well, this book is about <laughs> out of three right because it actually takes place in charleston <laughs> are you serious well it's the south um yeah. so was, was the detective from new orleans there's no are you no no serious okay all right so <laughs> Wow, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry to my Charlestonian friend. This is great. Um, Okay, so so here's my synopsis. (laughs) (laughs) So Amelia Gray, she can see ghosts. See, okay, she can't raise the dead, but she can see ghosts. She's a cemetery restorer in Charleston, and she grew up with this secret that she can see ghosts. Um, that's shared by her father, who also worked uh, in cemeteries. Coming he back. worked for a, as a groundskeeper for the local cemetery in the small southern town where she grew up in, which is like Charleston adjacent. I don't know. Maybe it's like 45 minutes or so outside of the city. I don't know if it's a real town. I don't remember what it's called. Um, so he gave her rules to follow to help her manage this gift or curse or whatever you want to call it. Um, the rules are like, don't ever acknowledge the ghosts. Always stay close to ha- hallowed ground because the ghosts can't follow you there. And never spend time around the living who are haunted. Um, the rules have worked fine oh, for Amelia until she finds herself swept up in this murder mystery when bodies keep being discovered in the cemetery that she's been hired to restore, ones that aren't supposed to be there. Um, during the investigation, Amelia is introduced to Detective John Devlin. So you did have a Devlin, yeah. And he is like an ex-member of Charleston High Society who has plenty of his own secrets, including the fact that he's being haunted by the ghosts of his dead wife and his little girl. Um, and Amelia feels drawn to Devlin inexplicably 
And when the two team up to solve these murders, she can't help but start to fall for Devlin, even if it means breaking all of her father's rules. Because he's haunted, right? Because he's haunted. He's, yeah. He's, he's so he's got three. the ghosts of his wife and his child who, who yeah. died and following I, him around. Was there something about she had a night garden and she talks about like lamb's ear and her like the plants in her garden reflect like the moon? I remember yeah, that. So too. she does have like a, a, a garden. Cool. Yeah. And she <laughs> is surprised at some point in the book because of so her house that she found. I don't, and now I forget because it's been a while since I reread it. So I don't remember if she actually discloses like what the house used to be or why the, the ground is hallowed. I don't know if she knows. But for okay. whatever reason, this house is like a sanctuary oh, that grand. she's found. So she rents it and she's got like this magical patio garden where she likes to spend a lot of time. And she does talk about I remember that. all the plants and stuff. In fact, like – that's something that I, I, I remembered. So I really loved the kind of like gothic Southern style that this book is read in, like Not reading about Charleston um, and like her writing style. She just has this very kind of easy, lovely, like poetic writing style that helps set the scene. There was like one part that I highlighted. So she goes home to visit her mom and her aunt is also over visiting and she's remembering about her childhood and it says, every evening the two sisters would sit out on the front porch, sipping sweet tea from tall, frosted glasses, while twilight settled around them as softly as the silk scarves that held back their hair. Just stuff oh, like that. Like her writing is just very eloquent. Um, and there was another part I, I highlighted. It was just, loneliness was an old friend, but tonight that friendship was strained. I just like I I don't know. Aww. She just has this like writing style that's very easy and and just lovely to read. Um so that I remembered liking that about the book. Um I actually remembered a lot about this book and the series like things that stuck with me. Um like there was this one scene with Amelia as a child and it's kind of her explaining when she first saw her first ghost and like noticing that her father could see him too and it was this old man with white hair and he was standing outside the cemetery that her father worked in because she would go like hang out with her father all the time there and she asks her father like why can't I look at him and he tells her like never let the ghosts know that you can see them and this is like his first rule because um, the dead want more than anything to be a part of our world and then they can like feed off your energy and you'll basically like never be free from them once they know that you know oh you'll be like the, the detective devlin guy isn't that what's going on with him well kind of yeah he's basically like his so he had a wife that passed away and a daughter um and now their ghosts are like following him around and that comes back into play like later in the series but yeah so so they're feeding off of his energy, but he doesn't know. Like, he doesn't know he's haunted, and that's never something that Amelia, like, tells him, at least in this book, because um, nobody, like, knows about the secret except for her father. Like, not even her mother, although you get the impression that, like, her mom knows that there's something going on, but it's just not something that's talked about. So this is, like, a secret secret. Like, she hasn't told anybody that she can see ghosts. The only person that knows is her dad. So she just happens to work on tombstones and graveyards. Yeah. So, I mean, because she's hollowed ground, right? Like, they can't come in the cemetery, which is funny because that's where their bodies that's where are. at, though. Yeah. But it's hollowed weird. ground. So um, that's I think that's, you know, part of the reason why she feels at peace there is because she's kind of safe from 
the ghosts. And she just grew up in cemeteries. So, yeah. Um, she also, like, she runs uh, a blog called – oh, what's it called? I wrote it down. Digging Graves. And she's talking about this blog a lot, and it actually comes into play in the story because the the murderer keeps leaving, like, comments on the blog with clues about – like where the bodies are going to be found next. He leaves like the the Mm -hmm. inscriptions from the cemetery stones. Um, But also it reintroduced me to a really cool word called taphophile, which is a person who's interested in cemeteries and gravestones. And I discovered that it's a pretty awesome hashtag that I'm currently following now on Instagram. Spell it. It's T-A-P-H-O-F-P-H-I-L-E. T-A-P-H-O. Okay. Yeah. So it's like now it's a cool because you get lots of cool pictures of gravestones and cemeteries and stuff like that. So just <laughs> the look that I was just making on it. there for the other people that are taphophiles. Taphophiles. Um, yeah. So so she, like I said in my synopsis, so she's restoring the cemetery. And I, for, I did not write the name of the college down, but the cemetery is owned by a local college. And this college comes into play because her friend Templeton is the one that sets her up with this job and she's connected to the school. And then she is friends with this guy, Rupert Shaw, he used to be a professor at the school, and now he runs this institute for parapsychology studies. Um, and his son is also like currently a professor at the school, and his son and Templeton are friends. And then th- she learns from those two that John Devlin, the detective that she meets, is actually from Old Money, even though like he, I guess, turned his back on his family fortune. And then we later learn it's because he married his wife who has now passed and she was kind of like below his station or whatever. Uh, and so I think that that choice meant that he was like turning his back on his family's legacy. I don't remember any of this, but when yeah. you're saying all this, I'm like, these are all things that I would like. So I know why <laughs> now I remember liking yeah, it. I think you're the one that actually read it first and, so. and recommended to it this. to me. Or yeah. maybe it like was new and coming out and you're like, ooh, this sounds good. And then we read it together. I don't really remember. I feel like this is one we read at the same time because we yeah. were talking about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they all went to the school together, like back in the day. And then we also learned that John's wife, or I'm just going to call him Devlin, because that's how he's referred to in the book, mostly. His wife was a student of um, Rupert Shaw's. And we learned that like Devlin doesn't like Rupert Shaw because of something that happened with his wife. That's only referenced, but we don't learn anything more about that in this right. book. Who likes Rupert Shaw? Like, <laughs> he's just kind of this name. like crazy kooky old man okay. um that makes him more likable then <laughs> but there's this other element to the book that it, there's like the secret club that was part when it of gets kinky yeah <laughs> well not really kinky um but so it's this you've heard of them before they're these basically like the clubs for rich kids at prestigious colleges <laughs> i thought you were gonna say rich old men <laughs> there was one in gilmore girls and it's usually like only oh, dudes Logan. are allowed to join them, but I think like there are some women that also are, are in this one. It's called the Order of the Coffin and the Claw, and so she, Amelia is seeing all of these 
symbols. So like Rupert wears this ring with this symbol on it. And of course I didn't write down what it was, but I want to say it's like an eagle is on it or something. Cool. Yeah. And she like keeps asking him about this ring. And every time he has like a different story about where the ring came from. Um, And she mentions this medallion that Devlin wears at several points throughout the book that it like catches her eye. And then at this pivotal point toward the end of the book, she realizes that the medallion has the same symbol on it that Rupert Shaw's ring does. And so that means that Devlin was also a member of the the coffin and the claw. What is it about that that's so cool? Like, I remember being a kid and seeing, like, a Masonic ring for the first time. I'm like, oh, what is that all about? A secret club? Like, I don't know. it's, like, the mystery and intrigue. And you just yeah. know that there's, like, nefarious things that are being done. But is that a good thing? Like, we no, should be it's not. It's just nefarious things. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, we shouldn't. But clearly we are. Yeah. I don't know. I, like... I, I used to, like that was one of those things like I'm always like oh there's like special jewelry they wear that's fascinating <laughs> does he have a special jewel like <laughs> yeah I mean there is just something I don't know it's secrets right secrets there's something that's secrets. very compelling about a, a secret and a something that makes like a group seem special like what is it about them that they're part of this group for good or bad right so John Devlin let's just talk about him a little bit like what makes him so intriguing so like we know he's haunted we know he's from old charleston money we also know that he's got this sort of like film noir detective character vibe about him he's like really brooding like he gives really good brood um oh he's mcnulty i love mcnulty from the wire do you remember did you oh i never watched it i never watched it it's such a good show, but McNulty, he's totally what you just described. Is that the same actor that is in The Affair? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's hot. Yeah. He was he was just in and the new broody. Downton Abbey movie, too. I didn't watch that. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of plays a similar character in The Affair. So, yeah. yeah. He would be a good – actually, he's probably too old at this point. But like, makes no he, meaning. I'll catch yeah, who I want. He would be a good cast for the character of Devlin, for sure. <laughs> Um, so he has like this like kind of throwback to past generations generations, she she says. And I, there was one part where she said his secretive eyes and brooding demeanor were powerful libations to a closet romantic like me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Yeah. And then there was another one that's like his outdated attitude fed into a, an adolescent fantasy that had become nurtured in those lonely years by a steady diet of Jane Eyre and Mr. Rochester of Buffy and Angel. <laughs> Do you like feel so seen? Yeah, I feel so yeah. seen right now. <laughs> yeah, and so like as far as like sexy, scary goes, like scary for sure. I think there's a lot of really creepy elements been creepy to this, in this series. Book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole idea of ghosts, the whole idea of somebody being haunted, and she starts to get this like unhealthy obsession with um, Devlin's ghosts, and she ends up driving so they and they drove off of a bridge and basically died in the water they didn't get out of their car and she learns this from ethan shaw who is telling her more about devlin's background at one point rupert shaw's uh, son because they were all friends um 
And so she drives out to the bridge and then she ends up finding herself in this little cemetery where obviously the ghosts have led her there because that's where they're buried. Uh, the wife and, and child. Her name's Mariama, I think is how to say it. And Shawnee is the daughter, or at least that's her nickname. And then this little girl shows up in the cemetery and she says, like, I got to take you to my grandma's house because she says that without her help, like, Shawnee's never going to leave you alone, the ghost. And the little girl has been visiting her in her garden and actually even leaves her this little, like, heart-shaped trinket that she ends up burying in, in her garden, which is like a – like, she feels like she's done something wrong by doing that. Like, you know, she shouldn't have kept it. Her dad would be mad at her because she's, you know, breaking all these rules. The rules. And so she goes to her grandma's house, and her grandma is kind of this – old like medicine woman and so that's where the other thing oh, you're remembering does her comes grandma live play. in a yellow house <laughs> yes and it's and i'm probably mispronouncing this and i meant to look it up before we recorded um but basically it comes from the gula tradition i think that's how you say it it's g-u-l-l-a-h um and yes that is where they paint the um ceilings of their porches and their doors or something in their front area that blue color because it's supposed to help ward off like evil spirits so that's where they talk that's introduced that element of the story it's funny that i latched onto that so strongly (laughs) yeah i mean it it was like a really cool part because you get this uh sense that there's somebody finally that amelia can share the secret with right yeah there's somebody that like understands it's not gonna think she's weird because it's a part of like their tradition um and and she can sense it about her she's got this other worldly sort of sense uh and she ends up giving her this little satchel of herbs to help keep spirits away um and so it's funny so this happens like several times throughout the book so devlin comes over to her house to to like work on the case um they're like going through pictures because every time she gets a cemetery job she walks the cemetery and she takes a bunch of photos and so then after the first body is discovered, she's like, oh, I took all these photos. So like, why don't you come over and we'll go through them and see if there's anything that's, you know, stands out in these photos that I took. And so every time he comes over, he ends up like falling asleep on her settee that's in, <laughs> that's in her office because he's just so exhausted from he's being haunted tortured. by ghosts yeah. all day. And they can't follow him into her house because it's hallowed ground. So it's like, being around her or being in her house or something about like the proximity to Amelia is like a relief that he gets. Yeah. And so it's like, he's exhausted. (laughs) So he falls asleep and then she just kind of lets him sleep. So it's just sort of this weird way that those two characters bond where it's like, she's drawn to him because I don't know for those, all those reasons that I mentioned and he's forbidden and that, you know, yeah, she's curious and and he's drawn to her because he feels like peace when he's with her or she lets him sleep (laughs) yeah like he gets this like relief that really he hasn't been able to experience since his like family died um and it's very go ahead get romantical in this book i don't remember i was gonna get to that so as far as like i wouldn't say that this book is sexy i would describe it as more of like an understated smolder so you get yeah. these, like, there's clearly an attraction and, like, a a pull toward each other for these two characters. Um, 
but there's not a lot of spice. It's mostly just like pent up romantic feelings. Like there's this one passage where, <laughs> so he has this kind of like southerny drawl, of course, because he grew up in Charleston. And so she says, I loved the sound of my name on his lips. That drawl did something to me too. I wanted him to say it again in a whisper, this time right against my ear. Just stuff like that, where it's like, ooh, it's kind, of, it's kind of sexy. You do get like one really very like strange scene of them coming together in a more sexual way toward the end of the book, but there's no actual sex. And it's this actually kind of like sexy and scary scene because there's the element of all of these ghosts that are watching. Oh, right, they're watching, yeah. And and it's almost like, is this even Amelia or is Amelia being possessed, possessed. by his wife? Uh, and she basically like freaks out and runs out of the house before anything really happens. I think she's like giving him head. Um, and so it ends up being like a really creepy scene that has Amelia like rethinking her father's rules. And, and that's really sort of where we leave those two characters at the end. Like they have this coming together and kind of a freaky parting of ways. And then their, their relationship is just sort of hanging in the balance of like, I don't know if we should really be around each other. Like Amelia, like (laughs) he's, he feels a lot of guilt obviously about his family dying. And I don't think that, that he's quite ready to let go of that and move on from it. And his ghosts won't let him. Um, And so, yeah. And then as far as scary goes, like super scary, like there's, I, this is like a really this this book reads like an old school like the old school episode that we did because really yeah. it's just like a the series has these self-contained stories for each uh installment but it also has these like this undercurrent of plot that that goes between but you wouldn't necessarily have to read all of them, like in theory, you could jump in in the middle because the main like mystery is it's a standalone type thing. Maybe that ends up being less of the case as the story moves forward, but certainly in like the first few books. And I like that. It's just like kind of just a really classic mystery with a little bit of romance sprinkled in. And ghosts. Yeah. And it's unique. I don't know. I mean, Look, I, I read a lot of books in this genre. It's like pretty much exclusively the type of books that I read. Uh, but having that said, a lot of them are very similar to one another, especially like when something really popular comes out. There's a lot of other books that come up that are very similar <laughs> to yeah, like, you absolutely. know, there's a prophecy. There's a kind of medieval style time period. There's you know, uh, I don't know, enemy to lover type thing going on. This book is sort of unique in that it, it is more kind of old fashioned in its storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. And I really liked it. I, you know, like I do remember that maybe it kind of peters out a little bit toward the the latter yeah. books. I don't know if I finished the series. That's what I was just thinking in my head. I'm like, I think I didn't ever read the last one. Yeah, it might not be. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I I was looking at, like, what else she's done. Because I do remember, and she had mentioned this, like, on her website and stuff when she was in the middle of writing the series, that she was having a lot of difficulty 
uh, from book to book just with writer's block or maybe like dealing with her own personal struggles of depression or, you know, whatever. So the books were kind of coming out slow and, and she was addressing that. And she actually is like reading more straight like detective type novels now. Like she's got oh a bunch of those that are out, which I would totally like be interested in reading those, I think, even if, though there's no paranormal element to them. Um, and she actually responds because I think this still remains like her most popular series. And so a lot of people will comment on like, hey, like what are you writing any more of those books? Or like what I would like to read more about them. Because I do remember that well, I wouldn't say that any of the books really have like a cliffhanger because of the reason that I said that they do kind of have their own their own isolated mystery in each book that does get a resolution by the end of the book. Um, but, you know, it's it's definitely like they left it where more could have happened in the happened. story. Yeah. And so she actually did respond to that back in 2020 saying, I had an additional three books planned, but the publisher discontinued the series. So, oh. and so she said, I might try to write those three books and publish them on my own at some point. I would love to finish the story. So oh, obviously she had like more in store for John and Amelia. And so, um, you know, I guess I'll just have to remember to look periodically to see if any more are coming out. Because uh, I, I love it. I would highly recommend it. I think it's super scary. I think it's great world building. I say world building. I don't know. It seems like maybe it doesn't count as world building when there's nothing like super fantastical. Like it is set in the real, real world yeah. to somebody who has like special characteristics or abilities. Um, but you know, I, I care about the characters in this series and um, I definitely like wanted to go on to reread the rest of them. I just don't have time to right now, but it's, it's one I will absolutely revisit in the future uh, and reread them. So, yeah. I, I feel like I should reread them now, too. You've kind of sold me. So. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I, I really enjoyed the the reread of this. Um, I kind of took my time with it a little bit because I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, there's some books that you're just like, oh, I'm not in the mood to read. And so you read them Absolutely. slowly for that reason. And then there's other books where you're like, really enjoying the experience and so you're kind of trying to like savor it and not read them as fast like I notice I do that a lot when I know that the series is ongoing and I have to wait like a long time before the next book is coming out it's like I try to make it last or whatever yeah this is kind of one of those where I was really just like taking my time with it and um yeah but I highly recommend it the graveyard queen series by Amanda Stevens seven books out maybe more (gasps) Let's get the actual title out, not my uh, – I think it's, like, this and this. No, and you this. were right, though. The Restorer. The Restorer is the name the of the restorer. first book. Yeah, but I couldn't remember that that's what she actually did. Yeah. No de- no raising of the dead. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know. I'd like to read more of those, though. Some Anita Blake Exactly. I think I, like, recently on. read Anita Blake, so I kind of, like, in my head, I was like, does she raise the dead? Yeah. <laughs> not quite. Sort of. Sort of, kind of. Yeah, something like that. But, All right, yeah. so what do you got? So I got Sandy Williams Shadow Reader, um, and that's the first book. of. I think there's three books in the series there. Okay. Um, and I was actually really excited that you assigned this one. Um, I do remember it pretty well. There were some holes, but this is one of those books that I found shortly after Fever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like really looking for something to like fill fill that void, right? Um, and I took a chance on her. Like she was, it was her first book. I didn't know much about her, and I absolutely loved it. And so this is that one of those books that like whenever I go on like forums and people are like, oh, I need something to read. Like I'm having a book hangover. I always recommend this book because it's not super popular. Like it didn't really. I mean, didn't I don't know off. the stats. Maybe she did have a lot of success with it. Um, but it's not one that a lot of people know right off the bat. Like, it seems like there's always like this list of like, oh, yeah, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, I've read them all. Um, but this is one of those ones that's not quite as popular. And so I always love recommending it. Um, yeah. Well, let me give you my synopsis before you get into okay. it. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. Because it's uh, you actually, that's exactly what happened because you had recommended the Fever series to me. And I read that. And then you recommended this series to me <laughs> for my I'm book coming over. Woman. <laughs> yeah. So that's absolutely it. And I do remember really liking it. And it absolutely like quenched that post-Fever book hangover for me. Um, I do not really remember anything about it. So one thing I do remember since I read it right after Fever is that we have another Mackenzie. She's. Yes. Uh, she's the main character and she's human I believe but she's also in a fae world but she like already knows about them coming into the book because she works for them because she's a shadow reader and I don't really remember the specifics of this but somehow she's able to like map the the trajectory of fae when they're like going places she's able to like map it out so that people can catch them follow them know where they've been i don't really remember but she works for the fae and i don't even know if she lives with them or if she lives in the human world or if it's the same world i don't remember anything about that but i do remember that she's in love with like fae royalty or some fae dude that she can't be with because they're not allowed to be with humans or like she's a lower station or something like that so she like has an unrequited love and then I remember that there's like a war but I have no idea what the war is about I just remember that there's like she thinks that somebody's a bad guy and then she ends up getting kidnapped by the the bad group of fae but then learns that like maybe they're not so bad at all and maybe who she is working for is actually the enemy and so yeah. she starts like falling in love with the bad guy who kidnaps her. Kind of in a like a Lorcan uh Kennedy from the Light Lightness series of Stacey Marie ba- Brown. Yeah. That's yeah. all I remember. You got it. That, that's oh. it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> remembered way more than me. Give me, give me your synopsis, because explain how the the shadow reading works because I don't really remember that at all. Okay. Well, I was going to, I actually have the Goodreads synopsis because I think it's a good one. So okay. I want to read it. Okay. Cheater. Here we go. I am a cheater, but <laughs> I was kidding, reading it. I was I'm like, kidding. oh, this is done. Well, so um, some humans can see the Fae. Mackenzie Lewis can track them, reading the shadows they leave behind. But some shadows lead to danger, others lead to lies. That doesn't really explain it, but it's cool. A Houston college student trying to finish her degree, Mackenzie has been working for the Fae King for years, tracking vicious rebels who would claim the realm. Her job isn't her only secret. For just as long, she's been in love with Kyle. I think that's how you'd say it. Kyle? Kyle? The King's sword master. 
And relationships oh, okay. between humans and Fae are forbidden. You were so okay, close. I remember I mean, that. he is kind of royal-ish. Yeah, okay. I Any thought it was, who, like, the king's son or something like that. I he's, like, the guard sword, I guess, is what the sword master is. He leads the troops for him. But any hope for a normal life is shattered when she's captured by Aaron, the fierce and uncompromising rebel leader. He teaches her the forbidden fey language and tells her dark oh. truths about the court, all to persuade her to turn against the king. Time is running out, and as the fight starts to claim human lives, Mackenzie has to decide once and for all whom to trust and where she ultimately stands in the face of a cataclysmic civil war. Ew. Right? Doesn't that sound good? I'm like, yeah, I want to read that. And I did twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you totally had most of it. So spot on. She does live in the human realm. And she's yeah, trying to very... remember when she gets kidnapped, she's at school. Yes. Yeah, so right? like the okay. opening okay. scene. And like, that is what I really took away from this book. This is an action book for sure. I don't know about sexy, scary, all that, but, like, it's definitely action-packed. Action can be scary. It can. Suspenseful. I would say. Yes. But she's, like, in her, you know, college class. She's really trying to pass this dumb class. She's taken it multiple times. But, like, these ding fey, they're always getting in the way because they always need her to come read the shadows. I am so sorry. There is a train going (laughs) hardcore in the background. Ambiance. The fey are coming. (laughs) Um, Trains. Yeah, but uh, so she works for them. You, you totally had that right. Um, she works for this, the current king that is in place of the Fey realm, um, and she reads their shadows. So it is they fissure in and out, so they don't have to like walk to and fro. They basically like snap in, snap out, and they can go anywhere. So she can what somehow. What did they call that in Fever? Now I already forgot. Fissures. No, that's not what they called it. They called it something else. I was actually trying to remember it this morning, and I couldn't. And Rudy yeah. was trying to help me, and it was a big hot mess. But. <laughs> I had to look it up. I'm like, what do they call it? It's fissures in this book. Um, So yeah, it basically, it leaves like a topographical map behind. And for some reason, she has this incredible sense of every destination possible. I don't fully buy that. Um, And she can locate them. And like, she is really good. Like she's not alone in her skills. I was like, why is she like mapping? Yeah. Because she she can like follow them, basically. She can find them like within 500 feet. goes there freshly after they've fissured yes, out is that how it works see okay. when they fissure out and then it's like this like mist that kind of well they i think she describes it as like if there's a like an image and it flashes and then the image is kind of burnt in your eyes for a hot minute mm. i like, like that. that that's yeah. cool so that's kind of how she described it i think that that might be exactly how she described it um and so she can see exactly where they're going so basically she's helping this royal court find these rebels these. okay yeah and what and do the rebels want to do like what's the they want to like, overthrow the, the throne war. so there's this whole idea that there's a false king and that the king that's currently in place shouldn't be the fake king that it should actually be from this other bloodline sure. and then there's okay. a whole nother thing with like there's so many gates like so you can pass through the gates to get into fairy i guess you would call mm-hmm. it um but they're limited so They say that there's only 13, but there's actually like more. I can't remember the exact numbers. 22. We'll just make it up. And so the the, who's in charge right now is actually cutting off access. So it becomes very like political, like trade routes, like getting goods, kind of, you know, very normal kind of human kind of stuff. So do the rebels, are they also living in different parts of Fae or are they they living like amongst the humans or both? Both. But they can't stay long in the human realm because this was a cool 
a cool thing about this book that I really liked in the world building. So technology in the human realm is really harmful to Fae. It sucks them of their magic and ultimately like drains them. Um, so if they are in the human realm, they get what they call Ederate. I'm guessing that's how you say it. And it's these little like lightning bolts that go across your skin so you can see it. And vice versa, if a human's in the realm of the Fae, they also have those Ederate, but they're different colors. Um, it's basically saying you don't hmm. belong here. Um, yeah. <laughs> and kind of like putting like a bullseye on you. But then there's like one character in particular. She's the daughter of somebody important. Um, and I don't remember her name. But <laughs> she's like fascinated with all things tech. So she's always trying to like get tech, like just simple things like a watch. This and always is like fairy. Yes. And they're like, okay. no, stop. Like you're killing yourself. Like you're injuring yourself. You're harming your magic. Stop being obsessed with these things. And she also has a human lover, which is a big no-no. Like no humans can be in love with any fae. Um, and that is what keeps Mackenzie and the, it's Mackenzie, right? Mackenzie and Kyle. It's spelled K-Y-O-L. So do with that what you will. But that's what keeps them apart. Yeah. Kyle, because they're Kyle. not meant to be together. But, like, coming into the story, you know that there's been these moments. And you learn, like, she's kind of flashing back now and then. So you learn that there's been slips. Like, they've so he's out a little. he's into her, too. He is into her. But he's held back. And it's been 10 years. And they haven't been together. And she's still, like, pining for him. Which, wow. That's a crush. Um, but then, basically, like, back to the beginning. She's in her class. Kyle comes in. We need you now. She's like, no, I want to graduate and live a normal life. And he's like, we really need you. And she's like, okay, fine. I love you. I'll come. And <laughs> in that. So that's kind of like manipulative. It's totally manipulative. Um, and then Aaron, who is the leader, we're, we're supposing the leader of the rebels, shows up and basically kidnaps her. And he's like, he's kind of like flirty and charming right from the get-go. Which I kind of was like, why does he like her right away? That seems a little forced, but you know, it works. Um, and so he definitely. So it's like trying to be enemies to lovers, but there's is. like not really enough enemy. There's not start. enough enemy. <laughs> the only enemy is that she he has a reputation and he's like the son of Jorab. And so she knows, she calls him the false king. Oh, so he's the son of who they think should have actually been on the throne? Yeah, but then that gets a little, like, convoluted because then it's actually another guy. He's, like, a front. <laughs> okay. Aaron's, like, a All front. Right. Okay. Um, but Maybe that's yeah. why I was remembering Yeah, no, son. it gets weird. But, yeah, he is the son of somebody. And then she's got a backstory where she was saved by the current fake king from another false blood that was trying to take the throne who was very um, abusive. And did terrible things to her. Okay, so, so she feels like she a has sense loyalty. Of like, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that explains a little more, like her, like how Roll she does, things. how she turns a blind eye, and really. And I love this setup. Like this is something that I'm seeing more and more in a lot of the books that I read, um, where like there's this idea of like who you think you're loyal to, it all ends up being turned around, and then there's a little enemies to lovers that plays in there as well. I love it. I'm a mm -hmm. big fan of that. Um, and it's getting a little played out now. But this book was almost 10 years ago. So this book yeah. was actually kind of like ahead of its time. So there you go. Well done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she ends up with these rebels. And of course, turns out the rebels aren't all that bad. They seem pretty awesome. Um, and they seem like they have good intentions. And they want to make fairy better for everyone. And so then she really has to start kind of questioning, like, who has she been helping, like, you know, is that king the king that should be in power? And then, you know, and how much are does happening. like Kyle know? 
Yeah. And that's another big thing is like that break of trust. Like, what have you been keeping from me all along? And I thought, I thought we were a team and we weren't, you know, and I've been manipulated, but I will say like, even by the end of this book, there's some sense of that to where she's like, oh, you're not the, you're not totally like all good. Like I thought you were, but you still like, you don't quite know where she stands because she does still have some loyalty to him towards the end. And she does still see the good in both him and that King. Like not all the dirty laundry is aired yet by the end of this book. There's just hints of it. Um, and- well, and it's hard too, because like, if you don't know how much information like he's been privy to just yeah. as being like the king's guard or whatever um like yeah. he may have also been manipulated to some degree yeah and that does come into play because like basically it comes out like she's like I can't side with you guys you guys do terrible things you send like heads back to the king like I've seen how you've tortured people and he's like have you seen what they've done to the rebels and she's like they don't do anything they just like capture you and then they like you know give you a new place to live and, and like, i help them i help them yeah they're all good <laughs> their intentions are all good they're rewiring they're not sending heads back they're not barbaric like you and then you kind of start to find out no they've been doing just as fucked up things and kyle is the like sword master is clearly in the know but he also has his own secrets because at one point they capture rebels and She's like, oh, my God, he couldn't kill them. There's no way he didn't kill them. And like everyone's like, oh, he killed them. They're dead. And then it turns out that they're not like he's actually stashed them away. So like he is he wants to be good. And he does have like he has some sense of loyalty to Mackenzie as well. But then Aaron is always kind of like toying with her emotions like, hey, 10 years 10 years and this guy won't like be like hey, I'll I'm you right now, up. lady <laughs> no, it's very much like that it's like hey you are probably so frustrated I'm here I'm game I like you like let's do this you know <laughs> so it's weird because it's like as a reader you're like well she clearly loves Kyle but like I don't know Aaron's pretty hot <laughs> like, girl's maybe- got pent up frustration yes yeah and like she does she seems somewhat aware that he might be trying to like play her a little bit like she's definitely like not completely naive um i think she's just choosing to be loyal like she's choosing to be blind a little bit um that i think that's all gonna change Uh, but i still love this book i like there is a little bit of sexy like there's not a lot but there's like kind of like you said, like that that burn, that smolder. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. And look, like that's to me, I like that. Like, I don't me like it when too. they get together too quick. Like if we're talking about a series, which we almost always are in yeah. this <laughs> genre, like I almost prefer when they don't fuck the first book, unless yeah. something happens and that's that. There's actually a case of that in the next episode we're gonna talk about. Really, there's certain instances in which it's okay. But yeah. otherwise, it gets stale. Yeah, know? like I, will say, I just read a book, and I I did enjoy the book, but like they're just fucking right away. Like it is very like oh, and like they don't even know if they like each other, but they like sex, and they just like they're just doing it. And I'm like, I don't I don't know if this is sexy. Like I need a little bit of like suspense. I need a little like desire and build up and then like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like, finally there's shows no payoff otherwise yeah, yeah i mean look like something can be spicy and not sexy in my yeah. opinion i mean so absolutely that's how i felt like the those beauty and the beast books mm-hmm. you remember like yeah that's yeah, kind of how kingdom of ruin yeah those i mean i still enjoyed them whatever but like i definitely was like this isn't really sexy to me this is just kind of porn which is fine 
yeah you know i mean it all has its place it all has its place <laughs> yeah and the other book that i'm just, i just read that i was referencing like i was like this this is serving a purpose this is i want a little fantasy and i want some fucking right off the gate yeah and look like sometimes you need to sprinkle those in when the, like, the series that you're like going hard for is giving you some it's like, like epically <laughs> spanning across like, time oh, give me something hot and dirty in yes. between books to tie no. myself over because i know I these characters it. like aren't going to be getting to getting anytime right and i love future. these characters and i'm here for the journey but like girls got to get some so i'm gonna go read one of these like you know quick and to the point kind of action different kind of action books <laughs> yeah i like i remember really liking this series and i do want to want to reread it like i had to kind of I almost did because I had the idea like, oh, I think it would be fun if like we didn't read them because then we can come into it like trying to yeah. remember and seeing how far off we are. And that worked out well. But I did want to read it again because I remember really liking it. So I, I definitely yeah. plan to go back and read these when I have time to. And like I don't remember how the sex ends up being if they're ever – I think there is actually sex at some point that I don't remember not, anything I don't think about. It's in the first book, which I just read the first book, so I should be able to tell you that. But yeah, yeah there's it's I don't not in the first so book. Either. There's a lot of there. There's a hot and heavy scene, but not actual sex. Um, there's know. nothing more disappointing to me when you're reading these slow burn books and then they finally get to it and you're like, oh, oh, that was it. That's what was, that's all I'm gonna get. You read something not long ago, and I was like, oh, okay. We had we both took had the same takeaway from it, but I I cannot remember which book it was. I remember feeling that way about the um the vampire one that was the standalone, the Mina Hepson. I don't remember. Oh, oh no, I like that one. I liked it, but just the, the I liked the book. Like it was a great book, well, but the just the sex scene was yeah. like yeah, it fell short for what I was wanting it to be. Yeah, it was just kind of like a two two PG. <laughs> Even though they like, which, you know, I get it. Like not every, not every author wants to like fully take it there. And that's fine. Like yeah. there's a place for that too. Um, It's just like, you know, and that was a little bit different too, because it was a standalone. So you really like hadn't been waiting that long, but I'm talking about the ones where you're like three waiting. books in I'm or waiting. two and a half I'm books waiting. in. And it's like, oh, they finally are going to do it. And then it's like a burp, burp. And it's the next day. The book that like, I'm really on, I'm waiting for this. Yeah. Give me a, like a give me a good drawn out scene here. Yeah, there's a book I'm reading right now, and I'm I'm totally obsessed with this series, like right off the get go. Um, and it's it's giving me major like Court of Thorns and Roses like vibes. Mm. Um, and I'm just kind of like, oh god, is she gonna choose the other guy? Is she gonna choose the other guy? And like, if she finally chooses that guy, they do it. It's oh, it better be epic. <laughs> <laughs> so what's this series? Is it one you've already told me about? I just my told you about it. list is um, getting insane. Well, let's yeah. see. Let me these pull bonds, up my phone. These hollow bonds. That's the first book. These oh, hollow yeah, bonds. yeah. The hollow vows, you mean. Hollow, okay, that one. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. And then. Well, I think this is YA, though, so. Okay, so yes, it is. It's so okay. good. Okay. I would still well, yeah, read it. Look, YA can be great. I mean, I think A Court of Thorn and Roses is technically supposed to be YA. It is. And this oh, is very much. Always like, I we need like a clearer way to label these. Yeah, because they did like new adult for a while, which was a I little need, more spicy. Yeah, I'm like, but I like, just need to know how much yeah. spice. And it's almost like I'd almost rather they don't have sex at all for some of these. Cause it's like if you're gonna get like a romance 
I need to know if there's a romance. Are they going to fuck or not? I just need to know that going in so that my expectations are set and I'm not like waiting for something to happen that's never going to happen. Okay. This one has fucking. So (laughs) yeah, it's a little more like I can tell like, okay, we're not getting into like bodily fluids, but it's still, it's, it did it for me. It's It's good good. enough. Okay. Yeah. I'm really hoping that the other the other character is the right, main is hero the by the end. Yeah, because right, I, okay. I just, I just, I mean, I love a love triangle. Like, I, I like do a too. good love triangle. I don't know if that's on our list of themes, but it should probably well, this, be added. The book that I'm talking, I'm kind of talking about, not talking about Shadow Reader, is a love triangle. Like, there's yeah. definitely a love triangle there. Yeah. Um, Kyle and Aaron are definitely like Aaron more so is like playing him. Like, they've got a little banter where they're kind of like fucking with each other. Like, yeah, it takes you ten years. I could get her hot right now let's go she can ride my dick right now like <laughs> which is kind of hilarious um but i enjoy yeah, i like it when they poke each other like the i do same too. thing is uh i just got done rereading the darkness series by stacy marie brown and it's the same thing yeah. with that like tamlin character and uh, yes. eli and you know i got a lot of stacy marie brown vibes when, while i was doing this reread because i read this before stacy marie brown um yeah. and reading this i was like oh like I kind of wonder if she didn't read this and was a little inspired. Inspired, I yeah. I mean, she totally yeah. could have been because I know uh, she uh, that Darkness series was her first paranormal romance. Yeah, she does a lot of contemporary, she does contemporary. romance novels as well, and still does. She does yeah. both now. Well, this one even has like a cute little fae friend character, like it's a little chipmunky oh, guy. I and, like I remember so, that. Yeah, there's a lot of like it. It did remind me of her stuff a lot. Um, it doesn't quite have my takeaway. I love. I, I love this book. I want to put that out there first and foremost. I think it's really well done. Um, my takeaway was that I think she was almost too thoughtful about her writing. Like, it's a very smart book. It's very well composed. She's very, like, like she's smart with her action. Like, she really thought stuff out, which I really appreciate. But at some point, it kind of loses the, like, soul. Like, the, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, writing to write kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean, I love it. I think it's great. But it's almost, like, at some point, I'm like, wow is really thought out you're really smart okay and like that almost like comes out at Takes me more you out of it yeah mm. and then like i would say this book it's like a, it's an action book like she's great at writing action and she actually goes on to do like more sci-fi stuff and like more action focused and i can see why because like she really she's really good I at mean, that. Look, that is its own skill that is absolutely not done very well oh, in this yeah. genre so i can absolutely appreciate like a well-written action, action. scene because they're exciting yeah. they're exciting to read no and it's and i flew through this book because yeah it is it's super exciting you want to know what's happening next and there's like this cool like one of the the human the human lover basically his father leads this like squad of fae killers basically they're humans like mercenaries like hired to like take out fae and like there's a whole like kind of like SWAT team like I don't know like kind of cool underbelly there where it almost feels like yeah, that reminds me of Stacy Marie Brown too the yeah, Savage right? Land series because you've does. got like different sects of humans that are yeah like rising up to combat the fae yeah so it has like very like it has a lot of like similar vibes to stacy Marie brown so if you yeah, like I stacy Marie brown i think you really like this book <laughs> yeah yeah and i think um 
you should reread it when you get a chance. I, yeah, it's, it's on my list for sure. I mean, like yeah. my to-be-read list, it's getting out of control. Like I'm almost like I can't <laughs> really go back and read things that I've already read if not for the podcast because like, there's so much on my list that I just oh want to read. I know. I wasn't like – I was kind of bummed <laughs> we were sick, but I was also like, oh, my God, okay, good. I'm going to read this book for fun. <laughs> I haven't even been able to do that. Like I like I said, I'm like I'm kind of ahead, but I'm kind of behind because yeah. like – I have this really bad cough, and so when I lay down, it makes me cough worse, or it was. It's getting better now. Um, but I have to lay down to read because I also have a jacked-up neck. <laughs> so, like, oh. I can't read sitting up because I can't really, like, look down for long periods of time. So, anyway, my reading has been totally, like, fucked over the last few weeks. You need, but... like, a projector, like those old-school projectors. Yeah. Yeah, and, like sit up on the wall and you can just be like nah, 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 well nah. I try to prop it up with like pillows that's what my physical therapist recommended like hug a, a pillow like a couple of pillows but yeah I don't know it's just it's hard to maintain proper body mechanics no matter what you're doing especially like in a leisure activity because you just oh, tend yeah. to like get lost in the story and then before you know it you're like slumped down and you don't realize I'm, like, it terrible like the positions I will get myself in while I'm reading in bed and then I'm like you know I'm like oh why do I hurt I'm like it's because I was like pretzeled with a kindle and then if I fell asleep and it hit me in the face like you know like mm-hmm. the things that you do while you're trying to read um, yeah yeah but I love it yeah uh, oh no it's yeah I'm I've been I just have the last couple of days have started to be not coughing quite as much so I I got a, a good chunk of reading done yesterday and and hopefully we'll be able to read over the weekend since it's gonna be hot as fuck again oh my God. And so I just gonna yes. stay inside with my air conditioning it's I like I here in the Pacific Northwest it rains like nine and a half months out of the year and so it's like finally summer and you're like pleasant weather blue skies but then the last few years we just keep hot. getting these like ridiculous hot snaps and still like you know we don't have air conditioning up here most people because it's not it's just not enough it's not hot enough or at least it hasn't been or it's like really hot for maybe we need to get air conditioning if it's gonna progressively be getting hotter during the summer because it's i know you know you can't do anything we looked into it and like the way that our house is structured like it can't really do it like you Mm. can't have like central ac and then so i record upstairs Mm -hmm. um so thank goodness we're doing this early and i have a gigantic crawl space right next to my room and oh, it just so traps it just, like, in radiates heat. heat yeah and there's really no way to combat that like even if we had central ac like it's still like it's just this like sauna of heat radiating yeah it wouldn't be like efficient times. it would probably just yeah. end up costing a shit ton of money and yep. not working very well yeah. so, so it's not really worth it um yeah. but yeah like this these hot weeks it used to be one hot week and you'd survive and now they're kind of like drawing out a little bit but like or they like keep coming back they keep coming back hot week and then it's like mild for two weeks and then another hot week and so it's yeah it makes it more difficult yeah and like i summer because it's like you know the sky is only blue so often here and so it feels really wrong on those really hot weeks where you kind of have to like make your house a cave yeah. In order to keep it cool. And it's like, I just want to have like the sunlight streaming in, but I can't because my house will get too unbearably hot. So, yeah, it's dumb. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I grew up in Southern California and I feel like I should be able to handle the heat, but I've lost like all of that. Like, I can't handle it. I go out and I'm just like dizzy and miserable. So, 
Well, I don't know about where you grew up, but like where I grew up in Northern California, it was like a dry heat. And I know people always yeah, say that, it's but it's like, it's different. yeah, like there is like a higher humidity here. And so it feels it different. True. Yeah. No, I definitely had dry heat. It was, yeah. Desert. It sounds, I mean, not like it's enjoyable to be out in that, but it's just not quite as like oppressive feeling, yeah. I don't think. I mean, I was just down in California in the Sacramento area and it was like 100 degrees, like upper 90s, lower 100s the whole like five or six days I was there. And I was still outside like swimming and stuff, but yeah. it didn't feel like everyone else was like, oh my God, it's so hot. And I was just like, I don't know, it doesn't seem hot to me (laughs) in comparison to here like we went out and walked the dogs yesterday and I was it was like the first like decent amount of activity that I'd had from being sick so I think I I also just kind of overdid it a little bit because I was so excited to just be out of the house I was like so exhausted when I got home and I looked I'm like 75 degrees (laughs) right was at least 85. <laughs> it's crazy how hot it'll feel. I remember like when we we're coming out of winter, like it was like the first sunny warm day. I'm like, oh my God, it is sweltering. Like it must be like 92. It was 70. <laughs> it felt so hot. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe it's just you get unused to it because it's suppose. usually so chilly. Yeah. But anyways, anyway, we've uh, yeah, we've digressed into talking about the weather, weather. so I think we should probably I don't call know, it. If listeners know this, but Pacific, Pacific Northwesterners, like, love to talk about the weather. It's oh, yeah. It's either subject. they're sick of it raining or it's too hot. Yeah, so we have really, like, fulfilled that stereotype. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, but, yes, this book, I don't know. It is a little – it's sexy. There's a little sexy if you can say having a 10-year dry spell is sexy. But, you know, <laughs> uh, like, Erin is – Aaron, Aaron's got a nice flirty burn about him. So I will say it's sexy. It's not I over like the top. I like good banter. I do too. And he's got that for sure. Um, I don't know. It's not really scary. I don't know. So like it's more, action being it's more suspenseful action. can yeah. be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's more action and there's like there's Faye. So it's not really like ghosty or anything like that. Like, you know, but I love a good Faye tale. Um, so yeah, that's what it is. All right. And I well, enjoyed it. Should I dare ask you what our theme is for next week or should I just tell the you listeners? You should ask me. Okay, what's what do we have up for next week, Jess? <laughs> it is, shh, I've got a secret. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. All right. It's, uh, so. Exactly what it sounds like. It's stories yeah. where the main character has a nice little juicy secret, which I think most of the books we read, the main character has yeah. a juicy secret. I mean, secret. it's good. It's a rich theme it is. to be revisited. Yeah, everyone loves a secret. Mm-hmm. Unless they're your friend, because secrets don't make friends. It's my favorite saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a good saying. Yeah, my friend Brittany Melton taught me that one, and I've never forgotten it. But anyhow, um, so what are you reading? So I am reading *The Smoke Thief* by Shana Shana Abe Shana Shana maybe. Um, which it was so funny. This really should have been for this episode because you and I both mm-hmm. read this book. No memory of it. <laughs> I knew that I owned it. So imagine my surprise when I opened it up to reread it. And it was at 100%. Was at 100%. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I and obviously read this and I yes. have no memory at all. So and I actually, well. I have read it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ahead of time. Or not really. We're kind of behind, but you know what I mean. Um, and I, yeah, I was like, I don't remember this book at all. Like at all. 
but anyways. I, I have started to reread it again okay. and I I am remembering bits. it's enough to know okay I definitely have read it but I have no idea like what happens yeah. or how it ends or anything like that and I and I immediately was like oh but I it's like I think there's seven books five books and I did not read any of the other ones and so I was like okay well obviously I didn't like it then but I'm no. liking it. Yeah, so I think I went and looked. There. Yeah, they're all different characters. Like different characters. And yeah, that doesn't always mean I'm not going to read it. But if I've got other stuff in my list, it just means that I probably said, "Okay, I'll come back to this later," and then I later. forgot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, no, I was like, I looked it up too. I was like, "Wait, I liked this. Why didn't I continue reading it?" And I was like, "Oh, because it's not them." Like it's related to them, but it's different. I think that's kind of a cheat for a series, but I don't don't know. I mean, I guess if it's in the same world, it still counts. But um, okay, so I am reading The Scribe by Elizabeth Hunter. So, all right. Well, I mean, there's your reading assignments for next episode. Um, Thank you for your patience. Sorry that we've been on an unexpected hiatus, uh, but hopefully we'll be back for regular episodes for the rest of this season because we do have it all planned out. (laughs) We know what we're reading. Yeah, we know what we're reading. We know how many more episodes we're planning to do for the season. So, you know. Will we stay healthy and will the weather be cool enough for us to record in hot rooms schedules schmedules that's what I always say but I guess when you're trying to make like a regular podcast that's you you need somebody to hold your feet to the fire (laughs) feet have been held we can do this we can okay and you know thank you guys for listening and as always uh if you've got suggestions for themes or books or what have you uh please feel free to write in and let us know or comment on our instagram or you know engagement is always good i know that we've we do have listeners out there uh and we do thank you guys um but yeah so we're having a lot of fun doing this and and we hope you're having fun listening and we will see you next week i promise (laughs) i was my fingers as i was saying that but i'm awesome because we're not going to be flaky anymore Except I think I might be camping next weekend. Well, whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Yes. Okay. okay. Right. We're making this happen. Okay. We can record during the week, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club with your hosts, Lisa and Jessica. We have more episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you pod. If you like us and want to hear more, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at SexyScaryBook, or send us an email and tell us what you think at SexyScaryBookClub at gmail.com.